Welcome to Your Love Ministries, where this is a Holy Spirit-led podcast. Good day to you. My name is Claire Carter, and I'm your host on this journey of becoming a disciple of Christ. The word for today is, this is not a job, it's a lifestyle. So let's turn to the Father in prayer. Gracious, glorious, heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you to know that you love us. We thank you to know that there's a word for us to hear, to open our ears, hearts, and minds so that we we may be able to receive you, Lord, that we may be able to know you in a deeper way. And we love you and thank you for every opportunity that you give to us. We thank you so much because you're worthy to be praised. We thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus, to give us salvation and freedom. We thank you so much that by his blood, we are healed by his stripes. We are healed by his blood. We're delivered and we may receive eternal life. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit, Lord. You promised that you would never leave us nor forsake us and father you have left the holy spirit here to guide us to comfort us so that way we may never be alone and i thank you so holy spirit have your way on this podcast have your way in and through our hearts and minds in our atmosphere around us if we're in our vehicle if we're in the office if we're in our bedroom or home wherever we may be at this moment listening and receiving your word spark and ignite that holy spirit fire within us hallelujah so we thank you for all these things lord you are good and your mercy endures forever and i thank you father for you're worthy to be praised in your glorious name jesus amen 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 all right so this is not a job it's a lifestyle And so when we look at the definition of what a job is, it's basically a physician that we get paid for, right? So we clock in, so that would be me doing my work. I clock in at 8 a.m. I clock out from my lunch break. I clock back in after my lunch break and I clock out at the end of the evening. Um, After I have clocked out, I am no longer held to that position, right? I'm no longer held to my job. I no longer have to, I do dental insurance benefits coordinator, that's what I am. And so after five o'clock PM, I no longer talk about insurance. I no longer deal with insurance. I no longer have to talk to patients. I no longer have to um, consult with the dentist because I am off the clock. That's what the job is. Now, when something is our lifestyle so having a relationship with christ is not a job having a relationship with christ is having a lifestyle so now let's look at the definition of a lifestyle so what a lifestyle is it's our habits it's our attitudes it's our moral standards it's what makes us be in the mode of living as an individual or a group and so when we are a body of believers when we are a family of christ what takes place is that we all are like-minded we all come on one accord we have the same beliefs we all want to continue on um, speaking about god so in our ministry we worship on tuesdays thursdays and saturdays so since it's not my job i don't clock in when i get to the building on Tuesday for our leaders in prayer. And then once our leaders in prayer is over, I clock out and then I'm talking whatever way I wanna talk. I'm looking and acting like the world. I'm not showing that I'm sanctified and set apart. I'm, I'm doing the traditions and customs of the world. 
But then when it's time to come back to the building on Thursday, I clock back in and now I'm fronting. Now I'm putting on the show. Now I'm performing my job during the hours of our um, senior ministry, as well as our Bible study and dinner, right? And then I clock back out. That That's not how it's supposed to be. When you have a relationship for with Christ, it is lifelong. When you have a relationship with Christ, that is a 24-hour, seven days a week, 365 days a year relationship. That's just like my husband. I'm not only married to him when I'm around him, I'm married to him while I'm sleeping, while I'm at the store. I'm married to him while I'm at work. I'm married to him while I'm on my lunch break. I'm married to him in the evening. You know, I'm, I'm married to him. And that is my lifestyle that I am a wife and I will live my life as I am his wife. That's my lifestyle. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I'm not a mother just clocking in and out when the kids are around me. I'm constantly a mother. That's just like being Christ-like. That's just like having a relationship with Jesus. It is an ongoing, all-the-time thing, and it's a beautiful thing. It's not something that is uh, mundane, where it's uh, just very boring, and, and you just do the same things over and over. My life with Christ has given me so much excitement in my life. I've had so many doors and windows of opportunities open. I've been able to meet so many amazing people. I've been able to um, meet not such good people that weren't good for me, but I've learned from those things. And every single day of my life has just been this complete amazing journey. I do go through trials. I do go through the tribulations, but to know that I have a relationship with Christ Jesus, that he's on my side, that I will have victory. Amen. So today we're going to be reading in first uh, Peter chapter two. I'm going to be reading out of the new living translation and Peter breaks it down for us so we can understand how to have this relationship to understand that the life we live is now a lifestyle living in Christ, not just a job. Amen. So in first Peter chapter two, the new living translation reads, so get rid of all evil behaviors, be done with all deceit hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. So Peter is warning us, okay, now we have a relationship with Christ. We're a new creature. We should no longer be the person that we used to be. Amen. It might not be a change overnight, but there has to be some type of change in us. If we had unkind speech, if we were cursing people out, if we were being rude, if we were nagging, if we were um, being mean, if we were bullying, that should not be the person that we are today. If we've given our life to Christ, there has to be a change in our heart. There has to be a moment where we feel our heart feel that our hearts are filled with the love of Christ. And so we don't want to have evil behavior. We don't want to lie and deceit and hurt people. We don't want to speak unkindly or act unkindly to people. There has to be a change. Now, not all changes happen overnight. These things happen over our journey with Christ Jesus, but there should be a change. There should be something that is different and something that takes place differently inside of us. Amen. So chapter two, it says like newborn babies, you must crave spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. Now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. 
Amen. So we're, we, we see Christ Jesus in our heart. We feel this thing called love. Maybe we've never felt it before. This is something so different, but I feel it. And now as a baby, you know, we coddle the babies. We rock the babies. Our, our baby cries or there's a baby crying. We, we want to help the baby, right? We want to feed the baby milk so the, the baby can be nourished, right? So the baby has the nutrients that it needs. We want to meet the needs of the baby. And that's what we do as newborn Christians. We cry out, Jesus, I don't understand why this is happening. I need you to help me, Lord. Jesus, I'm having a problem in this. And we're crying out to him. We're crying out. And that he fills us up with the spiritual milk. He's our father. We're the newborn babies. Wah, 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 right? Wah, wah, wah. And he says, I got you. It's okay, my child. Let me take care of you. And that's how our relationship is first and foremost with him. And then we feel and know his kindness. And as we grow deeper in our relationship with Christ, we don't have to wah, 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 father, father, cry out. He tells us in his word things, how to take care of things, that we look to him for strength and we look to him from where our, our help comes from. We don't have to wah, wah, wah why is this and what is it now we say okay I understand I'm going through this because I need to learn something I'm going through this because I'm being trained for something greater I'm going through this so now I'm not wham 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 I'm saying okay God I'm understanding that you're training me I'm understanding that you're teaching me I'm understanding that you love me and you're showing me the ways right amen so verse 4 tells us you are coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. Through the meditation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. What does this all mean? It says you're coming to Christ who is a living cornerstone of God's temple. Now, if you don't know what a cornerstone is, what it is, it's a um, stone that is actually set in place to keep the walls maintained to keep it together. Because if there is no cornerstone, the walls will crumble, the walls will fall. It is something to stabilize the building. It is something that needs to be set to stabilize, to help with having a good foundation. And that's what Christ Jesus has been and is. He is the cornerstone. He is the living God. He was placed there for great honor to keep things together, right? Keep and train and teach us. He is our foundation. And with him being that for us, we now step into this position. We now step into being the cornerstones so we can help hold our families together. We can help hold the church family together. We can help hold our community together because we know the authority and the love of Christ Jesus. So in verse six, it says, as the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem chosen for great honor and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, you who trust him recognize the honor God has given him. But for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. 
They stumble because they do not obey God's word. And so they meet the destiny that was planned for them. So we have to understand those of us who believe in Christ Jesus, those of us who receive, accept, and know that he is the cornerstone. He is the foundation for our lives. We are to run to him, look to him for strength in keeping our families together, look to him for strength for keeping our community together, look to him for strength for keeping our church families together, right? And so we look to God for all those things. And to know it says here that he is, he may makes them stumble. He makes them fall. So vengeance is not ours. Vengeance is the Lord. So as long as we are living our lives in the likeness of Christ, as we are speaking like Jesus, if we are loving like Jesus, if we are doing these things for Christ and out of the example that he has set for us, then we are being pleasing to God and God takes care of his chosen people. And so reading in verse nine, it says, but you are not like that for you are a chosen people. He's saying, we're not like that. Those people that don't want to obey God's word, those people that want to do things on their own, not look to God for help, want to use manipulation, want to use witchcraft, want to do and use the things of this world to receive success, want to look to uh, money to think that that's what's going to get them every single thing that they need, including happiness, right? Or joy. And God says, look, they're, they're building their own things for them own selves. They're not understanding that I am the cornerstone. I'm the one that holds it all together with God. We are victorious without God. We will fail. And so God is telling us we're not like uh, Peter saying, excuse me, that we are not like those people because we're the chosen people. It says we are, you are royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. And so we're not like that. We're not the ones that are ignoring the word of God. We're not the ones that are um, falling and stumbling because we're we're trying to do things on our own. We're trying to do things against God, right? Because God has great plans for us. God pulled us out of that darkness into the wonderful, marvelous light. And we are to be the light that shines. He calls us royal. He calls us royal priests. He calls us a holy nation. He says that we are God's very own possession. We belong to God. And yes, when you look at a priest, when you look at a pastor, when you look at a preacher, what do you see? You're supposed to see a representation of God, a representation of who Christ Jesus is. And so each one of us that has received Christ Jesus in our hearts, each one of us that has a personal relationship with Christ, each one of us that are saved by his blood. We are God's very own possession. We are priests. We are the ministers. We are the preachers, the ones that go out there and spread his glorious news, the good news that they also can be saved. They also can be taken out of this darkness into the wonderful light. And in verse 10, it says, once you had no identity as a people, but now you are God's people. Once you receive no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Some some of us um, 
You know, we haven't had an identity for ourselves. Some of us have been abandoned. Some of us have been orphaned. Some of us have been rejected. Some of us have been alone. Some of us had no identity, didn't know who we are or who we were. But then we met Jesus. We met Jesus and received him into our hearts. And we have now been brought into the family of God. Now we know that I am the child of the most high King. I understand and know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now I can stand and know that I am the head and not the tail. Now that I can know that I do have an identity because I am a child of God. Amen. And in verse 11, it says, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. And so what we want to understand here is that we are residents temporarily here. That means that we are only here for a short time, whether it's 25 years that we've lived, 50, maybe some people will live up to 109, but that's it. We are foreigners. That means we do not belong to this place. We were not, we were not born uh, of this world. We were born in it, but we are not of the world. So that's why we are separated. That's why we are to be different. That's why we are to look different, speak different, love different. That's why it tells us to live properly among our unbelieving neighbors. That doesn't necessarily just mean the person next door. It means a person that I walk to, um, in on the street. It means the person that I come across to at the restaurant. I should be living a life that represents honorable behavior, honorable behavior. And that is the walk of righteousness in Christ Jesus. Amen. And then it tells us here for the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether the king as head of state or the officials he has appointed for the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. It is God's will that you are you that your honorable lives should sow silence to those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. For you are free, yet you are God's servants. So do not use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Respect everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. And so the word of God is telling us here, you know, we have a president that reigns over, right? The government here. That does not mean we need to bow down to the president. What it means is that we are to bow down to God. We are to live an honorable life. We are to do what we know is right. We are not to um, use that as an excuse that we are God's children um, and use our freedom as an excuse to do evil. Well, I'm a child of God, so I can get away with this and I can do this and I can do that. And the Lord tells us not so in his word. That is not so. It says you are free. We are children of God, but we should not use our freedom as an excuse to do evil. Now, 
it talks about our work here. It says you who are slaves or servants, or I'm going to throw in there employees, those that are workers, right? Must submit to your masters, to your boss, to your, to your employer. If your um, children or adults going to school, you must submit to your um, principal, right? And submitting is not a word that means that you become um, slaves unto them. What it means is that you are living that honorable and respectful life. It says not only um, do what they tell you to do, not only the, that if they are kind and reasonable, but even when they're cruel to you, continue to live an honorable life for Christ, continue to live an honorable life for God, for God is pleased when, um, when conscious of his will, you patiently endure unjust treatment. He knows that us, his people, are going to be treated unfairly. Us, his people, are going to be down-talked to. We're going to be mocked. Why would that be different, any different from what Jesus had to go through? But it says, while you endure this stuff, these things that God will be pleased when you follow in his will. It says, of course, in verse 20, you get no credit for being patient if you're beaten for doing wrong. But if you suffer for doing good and endure it patiently, God is pleased with you. For God called you to do good even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example and you must follow his steps. Amen. Jesus has been set the example for us. That's why God had sent Jesus to be that example. He came in the flesh. He lived a, a life as a human being. He had temptations. He ate, he slept, he showered, he did all these things that we have done. But he was set as the example for us. He, yes, is the is the lamb that was sacrificed for our, our lives. He suffered for us. He set the example. So listen, verse 22, he never sinned, nor deceived anyone. Verse 23, he did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. Verse 24, he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have returned to your shepherd, the guardian of your soul. Amen. So Jesus set the example that he did not sin. He did not deceive. He did not lie to anyone. He is, he was faithful and true. He did not retaliate. He didn't, you know, throw hands back when someone tried to fight with him. He didn't threaten revenge over somebody when he suffered because while he was on the cross, as much as they mocked and well, if you're the son of God, why don't you come off the cross? If you're the son of God, why don't you do that? If you're the son of God, and they tried to tempt him with all these things and he had total power. He had total power to wipe them all out. But what did he do? He stayed silent, only crying out to his father. Why? Because that is what we are supposed to do because vengeance is the Lord's, not ours. And so he looked to God for strength. He looked to God in his time of need. He also looked to God daily through his walk. Amen. He set that example for us. And I thank God for Jesus and the Holy Spirit.
So gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you to know that you love us so much that you even sent a physical example, a physical example to those of us that needed to see, to be the example, to show us how we are to love like you, how we are to not retaliate, how we are to not sin or deceive anyone. We thank you for sending Jesus as our set example. We thank you that by his blood, we are saved from our sins. We thank you that by his blood, we are set free and free indeed, and that we will not use our freedom to do evil. And we thank you for your word upon this day. Father, I pray that if there's anyone out there, Lord, that is lost, Lord, for them to know that they can find their way in you. Father, those that don't feel loved, Father, that they heard this word today to understand that they are adopted into you and that they have a new identity, which is a child of you, God. And we thank you for all these things because you're wonderful and so very amazing. We thank you, Lord, because your word is so comforting and true. And we thank you to know that you never leave us nor forsake us, as I've said before, Father. And we'll repeat over and over again because, Holy Spirit, you are right here with us. So we thank you for us to hear and receive. Father, I pray that us listening today, us being a part of this podcast, including myself today, Lord, that we won't take these words lightly, that we understand your love for us, that we understand how great of a God you are, how great, mighty, and powerful God you are. We are so grateful that you are so awesome and magnificent to us. Father, you are the one true and living God, and I thank you, and I love you, and I praise you, Lord, and we worship and glorify you, and we thank you for this opportunity to have this podcast, to reach out, Father, unto the nations. So, Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your love. I thank you for the blood of your son, Jesus, and I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you for every listener. Father, I thank you for everyone that takes the 20 minutes out of their day, Lord, to receive your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for having your way. In Jesus, your glorious name. Amen. 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 So thank you so much for joining us. If there's someone that has not given their life to Christ, today is always a great day to do so. And in the book of Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it tells us, that if we believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ died on the cross and God raised him on the third day and confess with our mouths, then we shall be saved. And today is always a glorious day to receive Christ Jesus in our hearts. It will be the best decision that you have ever, ever made. So if you have not received Jesus in your heart, please open your heart and say, Jesus, I want you to come into my heart. Please forgive me for my sins and name those sins out. And you say, but he's God. He's supposed to know this. Yes, he does. But it's a freedom for us. So name out those sins that you have done. Turn them over to Christ and say, Christ Jesus, please fill me now with the fruits of your spirit, which is love, peace, joy, kindness, patience, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness, and the Lord will be faithful to do so. And it doesn't end there. 
You want to make sure that you're speaking with God daily. You're continuing your relationship with Christ daily by being in prayer, studying your Bible, not just reading, but studying your Bible to know more of who this Jesus is that gave his life for you, to know more of how much God loves us, that he did send his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And to know about the Holy Spirit that now is ignited inside of you to help you and guide you through each day. So to God be the glory, if that's a decision you made today, to God be the glory. We would love for you to reach out to us. Please reach out to us so we can encourage you in your walk with Christ. We wanna make sure that you get into a Holy Spirit, Bible-believing, Holy Spirit-led Bible study um, that teaches you about relationship, not religion, but relationship with Christ Jesus. Amen. Our email address is youarelovedministries at yahoo.com. And also you can find us on the World Wide Web at www.youarelovedministries.us. We're also on Facebook. You want to make sure you look for the heart with the cross through it. Um, we do have a TikTok page, which is Your Love Ministries Kingdom Clips. And so thank you so much for joining us. To God be all the glory. Until next time, you are loved.